Hey, Coastal, what's up? It's Pastor TJ here. We're so excited that you're joining us online this weekend. Whether you're watching from a computer or your TV or in a watch party in your home, man, we are pumped that you are joining us. And I believe that even if we're sitting in our homes right now, that God can speak to us in some really profound ways. And by the way, wasn't that worship through the TV and in your living room out of this world? I'm telling you what, we have one of the most incredible teams here at Coastal Community Church. And, you know, it's been a crazy week. Can we all agree that it's been a crazy week? I mean, news stories changing every moment. Schools being closed for longer. Parents at home having to homeschool your kids. Some of you all are used to that. Some of you all are new to that. And it's causing all kinds of things to happen in your life. And here's what I know is that God wants to speak to each one of us in this season right where we are. And with everything that's happening, especially with social distancing that's happening, that we're supposed to be staying away from people, I think that this is the most important time that we can connect relationally and emotionally to one another, whether it's through digital devices or phone calls or text messages. Now is the time more than ever we need to be connecting. And so we're so glad that we can come into your home and be a part of your weekend. And here's what I know about living in South Florida is that we experience these things called storms all the time. Anybody here ever experience a storm? It seems like every year we have some sort of named storm coming our way. And the thing about storms is that most of the time when we have storms, there is an opportunity to prepare for them, especially those storms called hurricanes. We, we have the hurricane watch parties going on. We have hurricane tracking going on. And, and because we, we know where the cone of uncertainty is going, we always feel really, really comfortable when a hurricane's coming our way. But this week, I found the, the corona uh, cone of uncertainty. And I, they actually put a model out, and it looks like this. And uh, this is a little uncertain right now. It's like the spaghetti model where there is not any clear idea of where it's going. There is no cone of certainty that you know that you're in the safety zone or you're in trouble. It's like all of us are in trouble. It's like all of us are in the middle of the mess, and we don't know if it's going to hit us or not hit us or hit a loved one or not hit a loved one. And what that does inside of us is it stirs up all kinds of different things. It's almost like the perfect storm hitting in life. And when the perfect storm hits or a virus or the storm in your marriage hits, and it's like the perfect storm that's messing everything up or in your finances and it's got you turned upside down or maybe it's with a job loss it feels a lot like that model where you're like I don't know where I'm going to go or what I'm going to do or how I'm going to navigate the situation that I'm in and in those moments we have a tendency to freak out and before we know it those fierce winds of the storm destroy our happiness they blow over our purpose in life. And ultimately, what we're doing is we're doggy paddling, just trying to stay afloat in life. It's like the floodwaters just rise and rise and rise. And you're like, when is the surge going to stop? And it feels like right now we could possibly be in one of the biggest messes that we've ever experienced this. But this is what I know is in moments like this, God's word gives us a lot of survival guidance for our lives. It tells us a lot of ways that we can survive the storms of life. And there's actually a story in Mark chapter 4 where Jesus encounters a storm. And it's in Mark chapter 4, starting in verse 35, it says this. 
That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let's go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in a boat. And there were other boats with him. So Jesus is going off. He has a destination. He has a purpose just like you and I do. He's on his way to the other side to another place in life. He's moving somewhere. And he gets in a boat. And it says this. A furious squall. Other version says suddenly a fierce storm or a huge storm came up. And the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern. In other words, he was in the back of the boat, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, quiet, be still. And the wind died down, and it was completely calm. It's amazing in life how quickly a storm can just rise up. It's like it can just pop up out of nowhere. It's blue skies in South Florida. And in an instant, it's like torrential downpour. And you're like, where did that come from? I thought that this was going to be a blue sky day. And all of a sudden, it's thunderstorms and lightning strikes. And you're running for your life. And here's what I know is there are certain things about storms that we all have got to realize for ourselves. One of the things we have to realize is that every storm that's out there is inevitable. It's inevitable. It's going to come our way. You can't plan for them. You can't time them. You can't schedule them. And you're probably either entering a storm in the middle of a storm or about to get out of a storm. That's where all of us fall in life. And it isn't just about coronavirus. It's about a lot of things that we're facing storms in in our lives. And we're going in and we're in the middle of and we're getting out of them. And And what's funny about the storm in this book of Mark is that Jesus was with them in the middle of the storm. So you can have Jesus with you and still be in storms in life. It's inevitable. That's why Jesus said in John chapter 16, verse 33, he said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Like Jesus wants to give us peace. But what he says is he says, in this world, you're going to have some trouble. Which is important for us as Christ followers to remember and understand that in this world there is going to be difficulties, there's going to be hard days, there's going to be storms in life. But he says take heart. In other words, take courage, grab hold of courage in that moment because he has already overcome the world. Not only are storms inevitable, but storms are also impartial. <laughs> like They don't just come to specific people they come to all people rich poor healthy not well no one is has is immune to the storms of life nobody has got an antidote to the storms of life all of us myself included are going to encounter storms in life and we forget that when we're in the middle of that storm that storms are also temporary Like, this is a big thing for us to remember right now. What we're going through is temporary. This is not going to last forever. What happens is they blow in, they blow up, and then they blow out, right? That's, that's, That's how they work. They come in, they make a mess, and then they're out. And so there is hope on the other side of the storm. That's why in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 35, it says, So do not throw away your confidence which is an important reminder for us here today. 
A lot of us, because we've encountered a storm and we thought, well, I should never have a storm because I'm a Christian. No, no, no. What God tells us is, is in that moment that you're in a storm, don't throw away your confidence. That's the time to be more confident. Because just because you're in a storm does not mean that Jesus is not with you. Actually, he's more present in difficult times, it feels like. We encounter him way more in difficult times than we do in good times. Why? Because when we're in good times, we're not seeking him the way that we are when it's difficult. He says, so do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere. In other words, you need to press on. In fact, I want to encourage you right now. You need to press on in this moment. You need to keep pushing forward. You need to keep going. Don't give up. Don't give up hope. Keep pressing on because the hope that you have is an anchor for your soul. It's what you need more than anything. You don't need to give in to fear. You need to persevere and press into the hope that is found in the gospel of Jesus. It says, so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. For in just a little while, he is coming. He is coming and will come and will not delay. So in the middle of your storm, here's what you need to do. You need to make sure you're not making a permanent decision in a temporary circumstance. Don't give up on that marriage in the middle of that fight. Don't throw away your career because you had a bad day. Don't go lick the door handle because there's a virus out there. <laughs> I always got it. My wife always gets upset with me. I got to be me, though. I know this is going viral. Okay. <laughs> All over the internet. But here's the deal. Your temporary situation that you're in right now is really every storm is also an opportunity. It's an opportunity. There's an old parable that says all sunshine and road, no rain makes a desert. We need storms because they create beautiful things. Rain nourishes, rain feeds, rain grows. And here's what I know is the storms of life, they actually build a lot of things in our life. I've realized that in the middle of storms is when my purpose becomes more clear. In the middle of storms is where my faith gets strengthened to another level. In the middle of a storm is where I can begin to find my completeness and my wholeness in God. In fact, James tells me to count it all joy when I face various trials. For the testing of my faith produces perseverance. And it's, it goes on to say, when it's had its perfect work, you'll be complete and lacking nothing. So you actually want storms. You actually want some difficulties in your life because it's, what is happening in that is God is transforming you and completing you and making you into the man, the woman, the parent, the, the father, the mother, the business owner, the grandparent that God has actually called you to be. And so Jesus, in the middle of the storm, gets up and he says, be quiet, be still. Be quiet, be still. The reason he says that is he's trying to communicate something to us in this moment. In other words, there's something to be learned in the middle of the storms of life. 
I think Psalm chapter 23 verse 4 actually gives us a, a great outlook on this that correlates with this verse. And it says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And what Jesus is trying to encourage his disciples in, in this passage, and what Psalm 23 is trying to encourage us here, if, if you're taking notes, I encourage you to take notes, uh, is number one, you have to refuse to be discouraged in these moments. You've got to make an internal decision about an external problem. You've got to refuse to have discouragement come into your life. What does that mean? It means your courage is being taken away. In fact, I read this this week. This is, this is the one time in life where a negative diagnosis is actually a good thing right now. It's the one time in life that all of us want to be negative. Because our negative can actually be a positive in our life. And here's what we need to do. We need to take the negative and turn it into a positive in our life. And so whatever bad is happening in you right now or around you or that is causing you to be fearful right now, you need to flip the script on that and go, no, I'm not going to give in to the negativity, but I'm going to flip the script and I'm going to refuse to be discouraged in this moment. I'm going to refuse to let that be the narrative that the world gives me when God is telling me something different. He's telling me to be still and to know. Like, you have survived 100% of your worst days. You will survive this one. I'm going to refuse to be discouraged, and I'm going to be encouraged, because if I've overcome then, I will overcome now. And it's interesting that you have two different groups of people in this passage of Scripture in Mark. You have the disciples who are completely discouraged. Then you have Jesus who's taking a nap. Maybe... There is some truth in that right now. A lot of you all are home. Maybe what you need right now for your discouragement is a nap. You'll wake up encouraged. You take a nap on your problems right now. And I'll wake up to something new because God makes all things new. But isn't it interesting that one group is being destroyed by how discouraged they are? We're going to die. And another one is asleep and wakes up and says, peace be still, and everything calms. Why? It's based on what's happening inside of them that's coming out of them. And we forget a lot of times that our self-talk is developing ourselves. How do you want to be developed in this season of a storm? Do you want to be broken down or do you want to be built up? If you want to be built up, you have got to refuse to be discouraged and what you focus on in this season is critical to your life what are you feeding in your life are you watching more news than you are reading the bible because what you're doing there is you're feeding your emotions rather than feeding your soul and whatever you feed in life is going to rule your life and i want the spirit of god running and ruling and reigning in my life and so i'm going to encourage my spirit and discourage my emotion why Philippians chapter 4 verses 8 and 9 in the message version says this it says summing it all it all up friends I say do your best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true noble 
reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not to curse. Put into practice what you've learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that, and God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. See, God is trying to work us into the person he's trying to make us to be. And we've got to refuse in these moments to be discouraged. But number two, we also have to remember that God is with me. God's with you. Listen, everything is better with Jesus. That problem is better with Jesus. That marriage is definitely better with Jesus. That job, it gets better with Jesus. Like, that health problem, it gets better with Jesus. Everything gets better with Jesus. Psalms 23 says, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. It's not only the power of God that's available to us, but it's the presence of God. Like, Jesus was physically with them, but do you know that when we accept Christ, God is with us? He's given us the power of his Holy Spirit who lives and dwells inside of us. So everywhere we go, he's going. Every situation we find ourselves in, he's right there with us. And I don't know about you, but there's a confidence that comes with knowing someone's with you. I, I know for myself, I just had the opportunity to go speak at a, a conference for pastors and and I know you might not realize this, but I get terrified every time I get up in front of crowds to, to speak. It, I'm nervous. Uh, you know, M&M's, palm sweaty, mom's spaghetti. It does want to come out. Like, all of that is happening. Like, like but, but, like, talking to people that are a part of our church is a little bit easier because there's a relational built. There's a relationship that's been built here. But going and talking to your peers or your other pastors is, like, completely overwhelming to me because I feel completely inadequate. And I don't feel like I have anything to really give them in life. And so, man, my stomach was churning. I, the pit stains were happening. You know, like, when you're just in that situation where it's like, oh, you know, you're, like, hyperventilating in a bag, like, before and, and I remember walking out into this room to talk to pastors, and, and I, I was nervous until I looked over and I saw my wife. Because I knew that in that room, I had an ally, I had a partner, I had a friend. If I bombed, somebody was going to be shouting me down. If I, was, if I didn't make any sense, she was going to help me out in that moment. Like, there was just this confidence that came with knowing that she was with me. Like, I could walk into any, like, I know I can go anywhere if she's got my back. Yeah, that's right. She knows that's right. Do you know that you can go anywhere if God's got your back? <laughs> like, like, we should have this unbelievable confidence in our life. Because if God is with me, who can be against me? And so many times... God is our last resort to go to rather than our first option. Like in the middle of this storm where the disciples are doing, they're trying to bail out the boat. They're trying to make it all happen before they ever go to Jesus and go, hey, you going to rescue us or what? Like we're about to die. How long do you think that they were trying to do it on their own power? 
How many times do we try to do things on our own power? Trying to bail ourselves out. Trying to get ourselves out of a storm. And notice Jesus was at the back of the boat. What happens for a lot of us is is God has become on the back page of our priorities. And we forget that he's with us because he's so far away from us. And in these moments, what we have to do is we we have to shift that focus like he should be in the front of the boat leading the way. Rather than the back of the boat being taken where we want to go. And when we put him in the right place, in the right priority, what happens is is that fear of evil begins to go away. Why? Because he's leading the way. Because he's not only with me, but he's leading me. He's guiding me. He's directing me. And listen, I don't know what situation you're in t- here today, but you've got to believe that God is with you. This is an important aspect. Whether, whether he's in the front of the boat or the back of the boat, you've got to believe that God is with you in the middle of that depression. You've got to believe that God is with you in the middle of that storm. You've got to believe that God is with you in the middle of that broken marriage. You've got to believe that God is with you in that, that financial pitfall that you're in. You've got to believe that God is with you in the middle of that anxiety here today. You've got to believe that God is with you in the middle of that jail sentence that you're facing right now. You've got to believe that God is with you in those moments. And that he never will leave you or forsake you. Notice Jesus didn't go, oh man, that sucks that your boat's going down. Let me bail out and walk on water in this moment. <laughs> like if I'm Jesus, that's what I'm doing. Y'all screwed up. I'm going. You know, No, no. Because God is with you. He's all about rescuing his kids in life. And he's just saying yesterday, today, and forever. If he did it then, you know what he's going to do? He's going to do it now. He's going to do it now. And so when we know that God is with us, what that will cause us to do is that will cause us to, number three, rest in God. See, we can't always control the position we're in, but we can always control the disposition we have. What is our posture going to be in these seasons? Are we going to be striving? Are we going to be stressing? Or are we going to be resting? It got me thinking, why was Jesus laying down in the boat? Because he knew his father was with him. That's why in the middle of the storm, he wasn't frantic like the disciples were. See, we can choose to react. We can react in fear. We can react with emotion. Or we can take a moment and we can take a step back and we can rest. And the fact that our God doesn't discourage but he encourages that our God is always with us 
that our God is more powerful than any storm that we're facing in the life. I love the fact that the disciples go in verse 41, who is this man that he calms the wind and the storm and the seas? And like they were terrified. Why? Because they knew he was full of power. And I'm just here to let you know that God's control is way better than your control. And I would encourage you to, to, instead of trying to control your life and control your situation, rest in God's goodness, in God's control. Because we have to realize that God is our source. God is our healer. God is our strength. God is our provider. God is our protector. See, God doesn't send peace. God is peace. See, God doesn't send protection. God is protection. God doesn't send healing. He is healing. God doesn't send comfort. He is comfort. And listen, church, in these moments, when the world is full of chaos, what we need to do is we need to be still. We need to be still. Psalms 46, 10, it says, be still and know that I am God. For some of us here today, what we need to do is we need to disconnect from some sources and reconnect to the ultimate source, the source of our power, the source of our strength, the source of our healing, the source of our peace, the source of our comfort, the source of our life. That word no is is an intimate word. It's a relational word. It's where we spend time and we haven't This God who isn't about rules and religion, but he's about relationship, that he wants to know you. Not just where you're going for eternity, but he wants to know you in the middle of your storm. He wants to know you in the middle, middle, in the deepest, in the darkest seasons that you're in. He wants you to be still and know that he is your God. We told you this verse last week, but in Exodus 14, 14, it says, the Lord will fight for you. You only need to be still. Listen, he's already fought for you. He fought for you on the cross and he already defeated sickness. He already defeated disease. He already defeated despair. He already defeated depression. He already defeated that anxiety that you're facing today. He already defeated that hopelessness that you're facing He already defeated sin, and he already defeated the grave. And so he's already made a way where there is no way. He's already given a hope where there was no hope. He's already given you a life where you didn't even have a life. And today, we need to focus on that. And we need to choose that we're not going to live a discouraged life, but we're going to remember that God is with me. And that I can rest in him and I'll find everything that I need in that place. Would you bow your heads and pray with me? God, I thank you that you're a God that meets us right where we are. God, that we don't have to be discouraged in life. That we don't have to go through this life discouraged and overwhelmed. And, but that you're a God that is with us right here, right now. And we don't have to continue to focus And put all of our hope in the news and 
information. Those are good things to listen to, but they're not the ultimate thing to listen to. That in this time and in this place, we need to put our hope and our rest in you. And maybe you're out there today and and you've never put your ultimate hope in God. And I want to give you an opportunity to put your hope in God. If you're out there and you've never made a decision to begin a relationship with this God that loves you so much that he would rescue you in the, you in the middle of your storm. Very simply, it begins with a prayer. It begins with you saying, God, I've, I've screwed up. I've messed up. Would you forgive me of my sins? Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to die on a cross for my despair, for my anxiety, for my fear, for my depression, for my anger, for whatever that is in your life. And going to the grave and defeating death in the grave so that we could experience an abundant life. God, come into our hearts. Come into our life. Fill us with your love and your peace and your grace and your mercy and your hope and your healing and your protection and your comforts like never before. God, move in people's lives right now, right in the middle of their homes. God, I pray that the Holy Spirit would come on their lives right now, that they would feel a tangible presence knowing that you're there that you're with them and that you'll never leave them and you'll never forsake them and you're going to get them to the other side of the storm it's in jesus name that i pray amen you know if you just made that prayer prayed that prayer i just want to let you know you made the greatest decision that you could ever make and if that that right there is the first step in a lifetime journey of following god